This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which of course is kindly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern, which is Coventry's number one sports bar. My name's Tom Ward and I'm delighted to be joined this evening by Andy. How are you doing, Andy? Evening, Tom, mate. You're all good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, delighted to say we're also joined by two very special guests in uh, Rob and Louis Jones, who are the founders of Surprise Shirts, um, and as well as launching this incredible business, um, which I'm sure many of our listeners will have seen across socials. I'm sure people have, uh, have bought the shirts themselves. Um, they're also massive Sky Blue fans and, and follow the club home and away. So, chaps, it's it's really good to have you on the show. Um, I know we've sort of been partnering for a while as, uh, as social pages, so feels like it's been a long time coming getting you on. Yeah, we're good. Thank you very much for having us. It's brilliant. Yeah, we're really excited. Really excited. And, and th- thanks for all your support. Yeah, no worries at all. Likewise. Um, obviously, we'll get into more detail a bit later on about surprise shirts and, you know, really keen to hear more about, about the business and how things are going. But just in case for anyone who who perhaps has been living under a rock and hasn't seen you online, <laughs> um, you know, if you want to give a quick sort of intro and an overview of you guys and, and what surprise shirts is for anyone who might not have heard. Yeah. Okay. So we are a family run uh, mystery football shirt business. So essentially the, if you're not aware of the concept, basically you buy a box from us online uh, and we send you a shirt in your size from any team around the world. Uh, you can tell us which teams you want to avoid, but not which teams you would like to receive. Uh, so you were really in essence, surprising you, hence the name surprise shirts. Uh, like I said, completely family business. So uh, obviously with dad, but uh, we've got my uncle Martin involved as well. And uh, always looking to grow it to more family members, but you know, really real, real family business. Like my granddad helps out, you know, so every, everybody's involved. My mum does a bit too. So yeah, that, that's us really. Yeah. And awesome. it started in terms of, terms of um, just to allay a fear that, that listeners might have, because we get asked this question a lot. 
Um, so Louis mentioned that you can say which teams you want to avoid and all the time we'll get people saying, please to God, don't send me a Villa shirt, don't send me a Leicester shirt, don't send me a United shirt. Um, we wouldn't do that. The, one of the things that we learned from the outset is um, unless a customer requests it, we just don't send them a shirt from the country that they're from because obviously we've all got such tribal loyalties to our teams. We wouldn't, most of us wouldn't countenance wearing another team's shirt. So um, if you're in the UK, um, unless you request, you won't get a shirt from the UK. You'll get a random football shirt from somewhere else in the world. Um, and one of the things that we specialise is random so although we have mainstream shirts one of the things that we've spent a lot of time doing is sourcing shirts from um, everywhere everywhere and so you um more often than not people will get a shirt from a team that they've never heard of before yeah i, I can vouch for that so i got i think i got a french sort of second league team or something that i've never heard of so it can definitely vouch that it's random it, it yeah. can get even more random it can than get that a lot well. more random than that <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> yeah no, i bet you do get a lot of yeah no villa shirt or whatever but you know, like you say true. even if you got like i don't know a preston shirt or something you'd probably be, be a, bit a bit more extravagant yeah, yeah we, we had, especially after the result this season yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we had this is this is digressing slightly but this is one for the sky blue fans just to make that made us chuckle the other day um so people don't typically tell us who they support but by who they say they want to avoid you can normally guess um you won't be surprised to hear so um up in the northeast we'll get people saying they want to avoid newcastle and middlesbrough clearly that means they're a sunderland fan and this this one was a sunderland fan they didn't say they were a sunderland fan but they were in sunderland and they said three teams they want to avoid and it was newcastle middlesbrough and coventry city and boy did that make us proud <laughs> i'm probably tempted to send them a cough shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've obviously ruffled a few fans <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, no it's, it's really great to hear. Looking forward to getting, getting into it more a bit later on. But um, what we like to do on the podcast with all of our guests is sort of go back to the start a little bit and obviously kind of known you guys, you know, since the prize shirts really and very interested in what you sort of did before that, what your backgrounds are and um, and yeah, just sort of a bit about that really would be really interesting. Should we do father or son? Oh, we well, I was going to say, with, uh, obviously I was just always at school, so it's probably uh, just, you know, I was a... Uh, just I've just started my A-levels before it came about really so first year of that so uh, not quite as interesting as probably dad's background so I'll, I'll let him take over well, I don't know I mean I think I think to be in uh, many ways Louis' story is the story of our business um, um, it's his idea it's his business he started it because he didn't want to do his paper round anymore at 16 um, fancied selling a couple of shirts and here we are a couple of years on selling all around the world um, and he's now jacked in his A-levels to be full time um, so I think that probably is the story. But um, in terms of me, which is um, a bit more mainstream, I, um, um, uh, I've done various different jobs. I was, most of my career was in the pub trade. So I was a, a retail director of different pub companies running, not physically running pubs, but managing people who ran pubs. Um, I did that for a number of years for both the bigger breweries and some of the smaller family breweries. I then went off to be a commercial director of a local university in Lincolnshire. Um, so I worked at a uni for a few years. Um, I then worked in student accommodation for a bit. Um, I've been a non-exec director of a housing association um, and I've had my own management consultancy. So I've done different stuff that probably looking back all, all lent, they, I think if you believe in destiny, it was probably all about this moment in terms of those general management skills, commercial skills that I'd learned. Um, I'm not really an entrepreneur. I'm more of a doer. Lou is very much more entrepreneurial. So we're a good combination working together. Um, he, um, I was on furlough from my job through COVID. 
um, Louis's business idea was starting to grow um, to a point beyond that that he could cope with at school. Um, so I was trying to help out on the side while I was on um, while I was on furlough. Um, I eventually got made redundant. So we used the money that I got from redundancy to create the website and protect the uh, protect and register the trademark surprise shirts, which we're very glad we do because we've had to protect our interests a few times already. Um, and it's gone from there. So we're just all full time. Amazing. No, that's absolutely fantastic. Just going back to football, um, where did your interest go um, in football? How early did you obviously get interested in football and more importantly, the Sky Blues? Well, I, uh, I don't think I ever had a choice, really. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have had it any other way, though. Uh, always just been brought up a Cov fan. Can't remember a time where I wasn't always, yeah. you know, you get kids who might have gone, oh, I supported Man United until I was eight and then, you know, found a proper team. Uh, but uh, no, I was, I was always, always Cov, always been brought up Cov. Uh, not from Cov personally, but uh, like I said, yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I think... Um... So for me, so I was born, I am from Coventry, albeit I've not loved, I've lived there intermittently, but not lived there, didn't really grow up in Coventry. Um, my dad, my father's a huge Coventry fan, so I used to go as a, a child. Um, and then increasingly over the years, just become absolutely obsessive. I mean, it, it is bordering, we're both, we are, but we both are absolutely fanatical. Yeah. We probably spend more time in this office talking about Coventry City than anything else, yeah. Um, yeah. which is sad, really. And I've had years where, We've gone um, very fortunate. Uh, my wife, Louise, mum is also a big comedy fan as well. So we've had years where we've gone to home and away every game. Um, and Louis pretty much and I do that now. So there's very few games that we miss. Um, so yeah, big Cobb fans. First memories for me would be, so I'm just coming up to 50, I'm 49. So I remember, I can't remember, I can't remember. You should always remember that first game and I can't remember it, but I do remember... Um, um, you boys won't be old enough for this, but at Highfield Road on the terrace, um, they used to have back in the old days, um, so that the kids could see, they used to, some of the parents, dads used to bring milk crates. Have you ever heard that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they'd bring milk crates and you'd sit, you'd, you'd uh, stand on the milk crate, um, up against the barrier to get a better view. And that's one of my first memories. So that would probably be late seventies, I think. That's behind the ghost, one lane. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. lane. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think yeah. I mean that that was that was pretty big during the fifties, sixties, and this would have been late seventies, I think. So yeah, the, the first players I remember are the likes of Wallace and um, uh, Mick Ferguson and that that yeah. that era. Yeah, and you, Lou, what was your first game, mate? Um, well, actually, it's it's probably the perfect one for somebody in my age. I, obviously, I was born in two thousand and four, so uh, my first. You're making me feel old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, old, mate. mate. Oh, um, yeah, my first on. game, not not that I remember it, was the last at Highfield Road, the 6-2. So oh, uh, wow. very, very young, uh, probably yeah. 10, 11 months old, I think. Um, but, you know, just so glad to say that, although I don't remember it, I've been to Highfield Road and experienced yeah. that. Um, and what a game to do it, really. Perfect yeah. time. We've got, we've, got a, we've got a great picture of us all as a family there. I've I seen was, that, yeah. Because we were so... Because we really wanted Louis to be a big fan, we even yeah, then yeah. we thought this could be quite a significant thing for us yeah, and yeah. him, and it's proved that yeah, to be the case. I'm, the, I'm, know, so, the I'm so glad been, you, you know. I can say that, that really. Yeah. Yeah. No, Highfield Road was a magical place. We'll uh, yeah. we'll brush upon that in a bit later in the pod. Yeah. Um, to both of you, really, what what's your favourite memories? I know we've just. Uh, scanned over that a little bit. And what's your favourite players growing up? If you had to pick your top, let's go top three. 
Ooh. Do you want me to Top go first three, yeah, on you that? You go first. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I find that really difficult, really. I think probably my my favourite player is Cyril. Yeah. I absolutely idolise Cyril. Um, I think that um, I used to love Dublin as well. Um, yeah, me too. Um, but I think actually in many ways, the best player I've ever seen play, not necessarily my favourite, but the best player I've ever seen play pound for pound is Roland Nielsen. I don't know if people remember yeah. Nielsen. Those are some of the older fans would be. Rolls Royce. He was, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm being too overdramatic. I think he was the best right back in the world playing for Coventry City, basically. Mm-hmm. He was faultless, absolutely faultless. So I, I loved him. But probably in terms of kind of like fandom and stardom, it would be big, big, big Cyril for yeah. me. This is about to get depressing in terms of the, the, the drop in quality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, to be honest, for me, um, my hero when I was growing up was always, always James Madison. Um, because you know, when I was just that sort of young age, oh, meeting him, you know, he always used to put his arm around me, that sort of thing. So that was really mm. nice. Um, and superb player now, everything mm. that's gone on to achieve is top, top level. But, um, probably the other two in terms of personal connection, uh, favorite, I would say, has to be Dom Hyam. Unfortunately, now he's gone, uh, and yeah. Jack Groomer. Um, you know, just two, two people we but we sponsored both of them. Um, mm. Before surprise shirts, actually, just through us, you know, doing it through our own sort of the family, really, and uh, kind of got to know the two of them a little bit, and uh, mm. just top top people. Um, yeah, they they came across really nice lads. Like, just and you know, sort of associated with my, uh, I suppose your best memories in recent times, but my best cob memories, you know, those people in the team, especially Hyam, obviously had, you know, the, both promotions. Mm. Um, just those two, really, for me just great memories and really top people. I think I'm going to cry. It's, it's so depressing, <laughs> isn't it? It's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were top lads and it was yeah. sad to see them go, wasn't it? it yeah, is, just, I think yeah. most Cov fans with half a brain can understand that, but yeah. we all move on. But um, just as we went on to about Highfield Road, this is more to you, Rob. Um, obviously, you, you said where you sat Mostly, obviously, when you first went to Highfield Road, what was your seat after, like, your first? Where did you mainly sit? At it was Road? It, it, that's weird, actually, uh, because <laughs> I've I've actually been everywhere. It's really weird at, at Highfield Road because I don't think there was anywhere in the ground that I didn't I didn't go. It depends on the age. My dad. Um, so when I was when we first started to go, I was on Swan Lane on the terrace. We then would be in the. Um, we would be in the stand opposite the main stand. So forgive me, I should know which stand that was. Yeah, yeah. So we used to be in there a bit as I got a little bit older. Um, We then, when I was, when I used to go on my own, so when I became, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, 21, I would be in the West Terrace without doubt. So I had years. Um, I was on the West Terrace that day that Huckabee scored that goal against United, which was a a memory that I'll never, ever forget because that, that, that ground erupted that day. Yeah. Um, um, and then from there, we actually migrated into the main stand. So for the last mm. five or six years, we had tickets in the main stand, mm. in season tickets in the main stand. Um, so I've actually been everywhere, really. Mm. Um, but probably the best memories would be in the West Terrace, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I guess, yeah, talking a bit more about surprise shirts, you, you talked a little bit there about sort of how it how it formed in a way. Um, I'm always generally just fascinated about business. I listen to the, the Steve Bartlett podcast and always interested in sort yeah. of 
I'm sure it's interesting for you guys and how businesses start. I always find it interesting that sort of, like you said, I guess you sort of hang on for as long as you can with work and with school or whatever. And then there's always that comes that point in time where you think, right, this is it now we're going to go for it. Like what was that point for you and where did you realize that it was, it was going to be a a business and and do it full time? Well, I think your, the point, that point for you probably came first, Dan, didn't it? Because, um, obviously you were full time with it before me. Uh, so that would have sort of just been when I was, it was getting really busy while I was still focused on school. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that this is not the case now for those that kind of know anything about, you know, mystery shirts, when what was remarkable about it, and this is very rare in business in a, in a, in a, in a market economy really, but, um, Louis's idea when Louis genuinely, when Louis came up with the idea two years ago, there didn't seem to be anybody doing it commercially. Um, there were a few people that would that were kind of badging themselves as mystery shirt sellers, but it looked as if it was lads doing it from their bedroom. There didn't look to be anyone doing it professionally. So what was really exciting was it felt like he'd hit on a really good idea that no one was doing. Now, in truth, that is pretty rare because if it's a good idea, someone will be doing it. Now, if we move on two years, that's absolutely not the case now because there's probably... I don't know, there's probably about 50 companies doing it because that's what happens because people see a good idea and they just copy it. Um, I don't. Th- I think it would be very difficult for us to start now. I think it would be difficult to scale in such a competitive marketplace. Fortunately, we're big enough and credible enough that we're, we're kind of above that. So we're one of the bigger players and one of the more respected players. It would be arrogant of us to say the biggest or the most respected, who that's for others to judge. But um, we are credible enough. And so actually, um, it would be hard for the smaller um, to, to people to get on it. But yeah, it was really just, I think the, the moment for me was Louis started it by um, literally just selling on Twitter. So we didn't have a website. So if you wanted to buy a shirt, um, you had to direct, DM me on Twitter and literally. I'd send you, oh, it wasn't even surprise shirts bank details. It's just my bank details. So like to anybody, it probably would have looked like a scam really. Yeah. Um, but you know, so every, every barrier to buying something possible you know, going through DMs, send me your size, send me your address, send me the money to my bank. Just, you know, in a world where we have like purchasing on Amazon, you know, it's just the opposite of that. Uh, but yet people were still really, really see, seem to be into it and were, were buying. So, uh, yeah. So that I think off the back of that, you start thinking, hang on a minute, if we've got a website and we can, we can, you know, we can be a bit more, we, we can, we can, um, instigate a smooth e-commerce transaction then surely we're onto something and actually i think looking back for all those people who did buy i think we've got a lot to thank the coventry fans for yeah, because so i think true. if we if we look back in truth to get it going there were a lot of people cov fans who knew louis from going to games i think my first customer was andy skates yeah, it was. Casey was the first. Was, I think it was guy. Yeah, so, so, social media legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you were certainly certainly in the, certainly one first, of the first like, few. two or three, um, yeah. So that's an example of people just, ah, oh, he's a young lad, we'll help him out. And then from there, of course, it just kind of it, it, snowballed. It just snowballed. So, so yeah, I mean, it was it was quite early on. And I was certainly looking at it as I was bored on furlough, worrying about what was going to happen to me, thinking, I think he's onto something here. And the bit that the bit that I couldn't quite comprehend that I now do was this issue about, well, people won't want to wear a shirt from a different team. And the the reality, the truth of that is they absolutely will, as long as that team is not a threat, as long as that, that doesn't, that doesn't, is not a threat to their club. Um, So, so, and, and, and I think the other thing is we've realized is we started with, um, 
Um, there's obviously kit collectors out there and people that love football shirts, but increasingly we've realized, and this is the exciting bit is we're a gifting business in truth. Now um, we all know people who've got, we've all got nephews and um, brothers and whatever, who you don't know what to buy them. at. Um, and I say nephews, that's a bit, that's a bit sexist really. Cause of course it could be nieces as well. Um, um, you don't know what to buy them and you buy them an Amazon voucher or a next voucher, or you put 20 quid in a card. If you know, they like football, this is perfect because it's just at a price point that means that you could, um, that you can in effect pass the responsibility of that surprise, that mystery to someone else. And I think that's why it works. So in, increasingly we see ourselves as a gifting business. Yes. That's really interesting. And you mentioned obviously like all the, the sort of competitors that come into the market as well. How are you, I suppose, how are you staying ahead of, ahead of them? What sort of, what sort of sets you apart? Yeah. Um, so I would say the number one thing is just customer service. Um, clearly we're, we always pride ourselves on being personable, you know, have a face to our business. Um, you know who we are. Clearly we're, we are a family business and that's obvious. We, we share that on social media. We're more chatty. Um, whereas the other companies in the space are, you know, just traditional e-commerce faceless. Not there's anything wrong with that, but um, that's a different style to what we take. Um, yeah. And also like the focus, as I alluded to first, the focus on customer service. Uh, it might sound like we're tooting our own horn, but we are, we do pride ourselves on being so on it with customer service. Um, you know, just, it, we really take it personally if something's gone wrong. So we'll just do everything to fix, you know, problems and prevent them from happening yeah um, so i would say that's one thing that you know standards standards in really good stead i th- i think that's right and the re- we're very proud of the reviews we get um um but um i think but i suppose others would say that i think the thing that the, the, the point that louis made first i think is the key point of difference is that um our competitors um as most e-commerce businesses are, it's just transactional. They don't, they're not, you don't know who you're dealing with. And we, we are very, if you, if, if you do follow us on social, you'll see there's a certain kind of style we use. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We're very personable. We want you to know us and we want to know you. Um, and we play the family card because that's what we are. And that's the point of difference. And Louis, the, 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 the other point of difference is we've got a 16 year old entrepreneur that has ultimately left school and is now running a, quite a quite a sizable business you know and it's not a um he isn't just a token it isn't a marketing spin and actually does nothing he's he's my boss um, yeah. not not really <laughs> it's true though isn't it because you know there's obviously buying a product but there's like people like people want a story these days they want like a bit of added so. value don't they you know yeah. i think so like it, it definitely makes you see it like all, if you think of all the good businesses in the world that have been successful it, there's a story behind them and there's something think- like magical about them that makes yeah. them apart yeah I think one of the things I found impressive when I ordered one was you obviously get the little message about the team and a bit of yeah. inf- bit of background because like yeah. like you say you tapping into that like I, I feel like I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to football and yeah. everyone likes that bit of like yeah. I don't know you're in a you're in a pub and you just know that a little bit more than the other bloke yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 that, that I think that's, that little added value makes yeah. a big difference doesn't it's- it. Yeah. And that's, and of course, you know, you won't be surprised to know that's a huge investment in time. Um, our competitors, most of them have something along those lines, but they, they normally just have like a post-it card, which says the team and the year. Um, whereas we actually do research every shirt that we send out. And because we've, because we get so many shirts and sometimes you might only get one of a shirt, it's you know, a lot of research. it's a lot of research. Um, 
Um, but I think we really enjoy that because we're also just, we just love it in terms of learning about clubs. I mean, I think we probably, it's an arrogant thing to say, but I bet we could go on Mastermind and talk about football clubs and football kids now because we've learned that much. Um, but it's also great because people read it and actually, clearly we occasionally make mistakes and you'll get fans from, we get people in Argentina going, actually, this you yeah. said this is our nickname. That's not our nickname, you know, because because we've got a lot of these things from Wikipedia and it, Wikipedia, as we know, isn't always right. Sometimes it's rival fans making stuff up. Yeah which we wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, at least you know people are reading them though, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. I suppose it's like a bit, bit of a cliche question, but like, you know, what's what's been the biggest challenge to date? Like what's the thing that sort of keeps you up at night and, and I guess, you know, moving forwards? I think um, clearly as a family business where everybody, my mum isn't, mum doesn't work for us yet, but she's she about will, to. She will do. Uh, yeah. In the next month or so. So literally everything is on the line. Um, like I, I, I live on my own now. I've moved out. I'm still in the same town, but, um, you know, I've got bills to pay. Dad's got bills to pay. There's a mortgage to be paid. You know, literally everything relies on this business. Um, so that's, that's stressful in itself. Um, and also, you know, cash flow, because ultimately we're not a traditional business in the sense that, most businesses convert stock to cash some of the time to offer, well, I say some of the time, a lot of the time to offer variety. We have to convert cash to stock um, just to have that, you know, the wide breadth of shirts to to really surprise people. So it's it's been difficult in that regard. You know, we're still, you know, still successful. We've still done okay. But at the end of the day, cash is tight and everything, everything is literally on the line for us, you know. Mm. I think, I think the biggest, going back to you kind of, you know, your management textbooks, even though I'd, I'd worked with a lot of businesses and had a had a reasonable amount of experience. The bit that I just had not appreciated is that you can actually be a successful business but have no money. It's not it, which it sounds sounds counterintuitive um, because cash is king, as people as you hear people say, and and um, it has been really tight. And trying to manage growth because we've seen quite significant growth, um, having to, to to manage that growth when you haven't got lots of um, lots of funds behind you um, in an economic environment where no bank wants to give you haven't traded for you know all this nonsense about the government will support startups it's all a load of rubbish there just isn't there isn't genuine support for startup businesses the high street banks won't even touch you until you've got two years worth of credible um, accounts behind you sometimes um, even three sometimes yeah so it's, it's been that's been really challenging and i hope we're not far away from coming through that, albeit I suspect we, we're very mindful of the, the kind of economic shock that the yeah, country is going not, through. It doesn't look like um, it's going to get better anytime soon. Yeah, so we might have a we might have a, a difficult kind of year ahead, and but we think we're big enough that we can ride that. And we're also not, um, increasingly, we're not a U, solely a UK business. We trade in lots of different territories, and actually the economics of each territory is very different. Yeah. So um, we can continue, we think we can continue to grow, even if actually our core market is under some risk for the next for the short term is that all a bit jargony sorry that i probably no said, no it's very like, interesting kind of like management consultant and people listening to this are going oh my god listen to the sound of him but no, um, no, no it's, it's really interesting no it is interesting very interesting um i always see on twitter obviously i run the twitter account for sky blue extra and i always see that you've got a new country that's on board um <laughs> yeah. and you've got um a really decent global uh, footprint now, yeah. not just in Coventry, but global. How, how did you achieve that? I I just don't think it would have been possible without, well, I know it wouldn't have been possible without social media at all. You know, just there's yeah. some connection between football and mainly for us, Twitter. Um, yeah. 
you know, just we, the amount of people we've managed to reach. Uh, it's 55 countries we've sold to now. Our latest one was Czech Republic. Mm. Um, I just, it's, it's crazy, it's really. Crazy. But the world we live in with the internet and social media, just for all, the, for all the bad it does to the world, there is a lot of good in terms of connecting people that just mm. would, would otherwise never be connected. And on that, on that point, we've made so many friends, just yeah. you know, lifelong friends, really, who are, we've got friends in Holland, we've got friends in France, Turkey, Singapore, Argentina, you know, so like genuine connections with people that you just mm. otherwise never have. Um, so I guess the answer to that really is just purely through the power of social media. Yeah. Um, it just completely wouldn't have been possible other than that. I think I think what happens as well, which again, we just we're just lucky in terms of the concept to lend itself to this, is but you send a shirt, you've put a fact sheet together telling people about that team. People like to show off. So without us even asking them to, many people will post their shirts online, say, look what I've got, and tell their mates, look at me, look at me. They then say, I'm now, um, this is my favourite, I'm a Coventry fan, but this is my favourite team in France, or this is my favourite mm. team in Belgium, or this is my favourite team in Chile. And they tag the team in. And some of these smaller teams, will Coventry are too big for this, but um, some of the smaller teams in some of these countries will share it on their socials because they they can't believe that, you know, they're a small team in, you know, South America and there are people in England who support them. Um, and so they share it, then all their fans see it and their fans get on board with it. And that's how we've grown our following. And then they see it and they think, wow, I like that concept. I'll buy that. Con I'll, I'll get involved. So we think a lot of it is this spin-off from having because we have such random shirts from around the world, the fans of those clubs see their shirts as we would, if we, you know, when we send a, when we send a Coventry city shirt around the world, if we see, if we see um, a Coventry city shirt turn up in South America or Asia, and you see one of our customers wearing it, it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. You know, we're buzzing with it. So I think that that's, that's why, but yeah, it's been, I mean, some of these orders pop in. What did we have yesterday? We had yesterday, we had, um, we had two from Brazil, one from Ireland, we get a lot from Ireland, but we had one from Ireland, one from Serbia, and, and one and one from Czech Republic. And you're just thinking, how does that happen? How does that happen? Mm. Word of mouth and the power of social media. Yeah, exactly. yeah. If, it's, if used right, it's like you said, is a very powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. It's great. Yeah. Uh, you always get people that uh, abuse it, but if used Definitely. right, you're absolutely fantastic and it is very powerful. Like Not naming any names, Cov 078910, you know, <laughs> that one. <laughs> Or cough, cough Bible. Sorry, I did say. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We see people tweeting, obviously their shirts, like we've just brushed upon. You know, when they receive them, which is just fantastic to see. Um, and also, you know, when they do see them, a lot of them say, "Yeah, that's my next manager's team or football manager." Yep, yeah, um, which is brilliant, and I, do, I would do the same. Um, any customer stories that you're really proud of or any funny moments? Have you got any funny stories from your uh, Loads. customers? Loads. Yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a few good ones, actually. Um, I quite like the one that we always kind of go to, which is um, we had a we had a customer order from Santiago in Chile. So, like, how, how on earth we've reached Santiago? I'll never know, but we touched on that before. Um, and we sent him a Wigan Athletic away shirt from template template shirt so really. not, it was not, not, not an interesting shirt. This, was, this was quite a while ago when our our selection wasn't as good because it's not 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 the best shirt in the world really 
Um, Sorry, Wigan fans. Sorry, yeah. okay. I, I can't imagine um, there'll be they're, many. They're sure it's all um, <laughs> so, so it was like Wigan Athletic away from the year they got relegated from the, the championship, championship to yeah, League exactly. One. Yeah. Um, so in England, you know, it's it's not it's not not desirable. But um, I think a lot. Well, basically, we sent it to Santiago, and this guy was walking around in Santiago, Chile. Sent us a picture saying, "I absolutely love it." Uh, it's it's my favourite shirt I've got, you know, abs like buzzing, really glowing about it. And we just looked at it and go, so there's a bloke in Santiago in Chile walking around in a Wigan Athletic shirt that they were relegated in, and he's absolutely buzzing about it. <laughs> just just the difference, really. Because ultimately, it's a, it's a plain shirt. And what do you not tend to get in South America? Their shirts are plastered in sponsors, you know, yeah, vibrant yeah, yeah. colours. So I suppose to it's that different. to that guy in Santiago, mm-hmm. that that plain sort of classic design is, is what they're... Umbra, I think Umbra, was, yeah, yeah, you know, just a classic sort of plain, maybe not even a sponsor, you know, just badge, bit of colour on the sleeve, something like that. Um, to them, that's that's desirable. That's what they want. That's different. Whereas, you know, to us, that's just run-of-the-mill boring. Um, so they kind of look, he kind of looked at that the same way we'd be looking at, a, I don't know, second division Argentinian shirt that's plastered in sponsors, loads of colour, loads of bright... Bright sponsors, everything like that. So, yeah, really like just the sort of the mad nature of the way the world of football works. I think, I think the other, and then that's absolutely the case. Yeah, and I think when story. that that's that that was quite early on, but that's that's the penny drop for me that day because I thought that is mental. Because if we can if we can get people enthralled by that Wigan shirt, then mm-hmm. how, how powerful can this be? What can the reach be? Um, what, 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 one of the things for me, just to touch on, is and 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 um, he might be listening to this, but do you know uh, Ryan O'Keefe? You'd probably recognise him, big Cov fan. He's on yeah. Twitter. He's been hugely support. He's been hugely supportive of our business in the early days. We've got loads of customers like this, but Ryan's taken it to a different level. So we sent him an Argentinian shirt called from a team called All Boys, and I think they're second, second not a brilliant second division team. Um, not one of the biggest teams in Argentina by all account. He can speak a bit of Spanish. So he posted um, a video of him in this shirt, copying the club in, speaking in Spanish, saying he's very, he's delighted to receive their shirt and he's um, looking forward to watching some of their matches because you can see it online. The club, the club circulated it. He then has got like about 500 All Boys fans messaging him. He is now part of their fan club. If he goes over there, he watches all their matches. If he goes over to Argentina, they would treat him like royalty because to them, they can't, particularly because of Maradona and because of um, the Falklands, they have a view that English people hate them. Um, And so for, for English football fans to be supporting their teams in Argentina, they just think it's amazing. So the thing that I love is some of these connections that people we're able to kind of facilitate between clubs of people and clubs all around the world, which is just mental. Yeah, that is, that is mad. Yeah. I was going to say, is the, is the guy from Santiago going to get a, a royal, royal welcome in Wigan? That's in Wigan. Probably <laughs> would, bloke. You probably would. It's like hilarious, isn't it? So we do Treat try and do Wigan that. Kebab. But we do, I mean, obviously it's got to be surprised. So what you can't do is you can't, if, if we get a customer abroad, we can't just send them a Coventry shirt, but we do try and send as many as we can. Yeah. So we are trying to create lots of fun over the world. Yeah. yeah we yeah. sent one to, we, we sent one, one in, to um, El Paso in Texas the other day, didn't we? There was also one in, it was like <laughs> Mallorca. There's a, there's a bloke in Mallorca in, in Cos home shirt from last season. He was loving it. <laughs> one in Turkey. You know, we just, we try and get them out there. We do. Because ultimately... The Wigan Athletic shirt story is good is a good one, but I wish it was a cough shirt, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's the best thing for us, creating new fans for the club, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's what you want, isn't it? 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So obviously you've touched on it a fair bit, but sort of how does the, the kind of model work, obviously without giving away too many secrets, but yeah. is it ultimately just ordering in bulk the shirts and then, you know, how does it, how does it work in practice? That's exactly it really. So the concept is that Louis hit on is, um, well, you'll know because you see it with Cov, um, shirts are a huge commercial of huge commercial value to clubs. Um, every club around the world now doesn't just want one shirt. They want two, three, four, five, six. Um, and at the end of each year, um, they want to forget the shirt they had last year because they want to sell you the next shirt. Um, so if they haven't got their ordering right, the manufacturer or the club will be sitting on stock. Because the liability will sit with somebody. Because the liability will sit with somebody. Now, for the bigger clubs, the liability is normally with the manufacturer, but for smaller clubs, the liability sits with the club often. So they'll so there'll be somebody in a club shop somewhere with a box of 200 shirts. They put them on their club website. Cov have been doing it recently. They're still You still can get some shirts from last year, but they don't really want to be pushing it because it compromises the sales of this year's shirts, which, of course, is what they want to sell. So what we do is we will come along to those clubs and manufacturers and say, I'll tell you what we'll do. You've got 200 shirts under your desk. We'll buy them all off you at a discounted rate. Um, so that saves you a headache. You get some cash in and you can you can concentrate on selling the, the, the existing year's shirts. But more than that, we're going to create new fans for you around the world. So it's not just we're getting, you know, so we, there's a double win and that's it, basically. So all of our shirts are new. They're not, they're not used. They're either tagged or bagged, but very few of them are from that year. We do have some from that year, but most of them are from the previous season or a couple of seasons old. And that's, that's the model. So, but at the end of the day, if you're, if you're wearing a shirt of a second division team in Thailand, you don't know, it doesn't matter to you if it's, the, if it's the current one. It's, yeah, it's that's not, not quite the same as if it's, you know, wearing an old Man United shirt or from a couple of seasons ago. People aren't going to know, you know. Yeah, that, that's something again that I hadn't really appreciated, but. If you if you support Coventry, you might only want to go to games wearing the latest shirt, albeit a lot of us wear retro stuff. Um, but um, but actually, for what our customers, if it's two years old, but no, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. So that that's that that's the model really. And I suppose the other thing we're doing is we're increasingly trying to source shirts that not only are we surprising you, but we're trying to give you a shirt that you just wouldn't be able to get. That's that's the that's the kind of rate on better. Be it because you just because it's be not available, it. or be it because it might be 35, 40 quid or above on a on a team's website, but it's it's the same again to ship because they're on the other side of the world, you know. Yeah. Um, and we I think we're doing quite well in that regard. You know, there's yeah. lots of our shirts that I just don't think you could get feasibly 
especially within the price bracket in the UK. Yeah. So that's yeah. So yeah. that's so it's quite it's actually quite a simple model, really. Yeah. No, um, makes makes, think, a lot of, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess what what sort of next then? What does the future look like? Obviously the. Oh. The subscription sort of model and, and thing is obviously yeah. huge now. Is, is that sort of where the future lies for you? Is it sort of having people that are sort of, you know, re- recurring customers and and you've got them forever? Is that is that how you want it to be? Or I think growing the sub- subscription model really, really values the business, you know, higher because um, at the end, it's a level of, obviously we don't ask people to enter into a contract so you can cancel any time, but, um, you know, it's, it's a sort of level of guaranteed income or at least very like high, you can predict what you're going to have, you know with like churn rates and turnover and things like that. Um, so yeah, we, we'd love to grow that. We're, we're on a decent number. Yeah, so um, yeah. about when we've got, that. we've got subscribers in about 18 countries. I yeah, mean, it's a, so that's, that's crazy. really positive. Um, um, so that, that, that's basically once a month and you get a discounted shirt. Um, and then at the end of your 12 months, you get a 13th free. And there's, there's, a, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of benefits. other benefits as well. If you're a COV fan, you can get free tickets in our box. Well, you don't have to be a COV fan. You can well, come and join no, us in the box just, anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're on a COV podcast, so it's, it's more relevant. Um, <laughs> but the big news, the though, big news the big is news. that this, I think it's probably this week, maybe next week, we are launching in Uruguay. Uh, so launching in Latin America. We've uh, we've got a contact over there, English guy who lives in lived in Buenos Aires, but is moving to Montevideo. Um, so we are starting up uh, initially in Uruguay, same concept, uh, but servicing eventually servicing the whole of Latin America. And that's just purely because uh, there's nobody over there doing it. We think we've got a really good idea. And we've had, because especially like South Americans are mental. You think we're into our football. They're properly into their football. Um, so we just, we've had a load of demand, but obviously when you're buying a shirt at 35 pounds and the shipping's another 30 pounds, it's just not economic. Um, whereas if we can bring it to them and bring the shipping costs down, there's a lot of people who are really interested. Um, and hopefully, you know, that becomes a lot more price available yeah. for them. Uh, so yeah, really excited. It's crazy how gone from dropping out of school at three shirts in my bedroom to starting a Owning fifty percent of two companies in Uruguay, but uh, but here we Amazing. are, you know. Yeah, that's yeah that, that that's a that that's an interesting talking about the kind of um, um, how we optimize our tax position with companies in Uruguay. Yeah. It's quite it's quite a steep learning curve, yeah. but you know, I mean, that we'll see whether that works. But you know, sometimes it's like buying a ticket for the raffle and for the lottery, and you never know, do you? So we'll we'll give that a go. These these countries are certainly interesting. They don't follow Uruguay is a little bit more stable and westernized, but. Um, I think it's interesting doing business in these countries because they are a little bit um, culturally so different, culturally very different. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge opportunity. I mean, football is just the Premier League and like the whole English football thing. It's it's just so big abroad, isn't it? Like, massive. I, I just massive. On, sorry, you see the TV deals that are being signed, and massive. even just all the commercial deals that get signed. It's it's madness. Yeah. Like, you know, every club has its own partner in every country for every yeah. different thing, and you just yeah. like the value of it over there is massive. You know, just thinking out loud, like. You know, I imagine there's people who probably want to have like just a Premier League shirt subscription. They would. And, and, and again, thinking of joining the dots. So we said at the outset, we don't send English shirts, British shirts to British customers unless requested. But if you think if you're doing our job and you're sourcing shirts, what are the easiest shirts to get hold of? It's it's British shirts. Um, there's nothing easier for us in the UK than at the end of any season, contacting clubs or going on club websites and just buying stock, you know, Um but we're not, we don't buy that in big numbers because we're not going to send it to our core market, which is British. Well, if we've got, if we're, if we're growing overseas, of course we're going to do that. So um, in many ways, it, it means we can buy more effectively in the UK and then ship 
to these countries where it's a value. And I think I think the other point on that is I just don't think there's a corner of the globe that football hasn't touched. It just it defies borders, it defies languages. You know, it's just everybody. I say everybody, but there is not a country in the world that doesn't like football. Um, so really, the possibilities are endless. You know, it's just yeah. it's so, so global. Yeah, huge market, huge Completely. market, definitely. Look yeah. forward to see how it how it develops for sure. Yeah, well, there'll be some. There'll be some. We just saw a video the other day at the office. So if you if you yeah. keep an eye for those that are interested, keep an eye on social. We'll we, we'll be we'll be posting some videos as that um, yeah. as yeah. that unfolds. as that unfolds. We've got unfolds. a um, we're at a, just lastly on that, which we're quite excited about. It's a shame we're not there, but we've got a um, there's an exhibition coming up at the Uruguayan Embassy in Montevideo, and we've got a the stand British there, Embassy, which is the at British the British Embassy, Embassy which is quite cool. Which is quite cool. So we've we've got we've got a stand next to Unilever. Unilever. So how cool is that? <laughs> that's cool. Might have been a quid behind them. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Good way, good way to launch it for sure. I'm sure yeah. you get a few people signed up for sure. Thank you, mate. Um, but yeah, you, you you mentioned briefly the having the box at the CBS, and obviously you sort of give away tickets and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, obviously brilliant that you, you have that and obviously clearly supports the club financially as well. What, what's that been like, sort of being in the box and, and doing that on match days? Um, well, I suppose the politically positive answer, it's absolutely amazing. Then we could, with my tongue firmly on my cheek, I could just say we've not been in the box because of because of uh, all the hassle we've had. Uh, but, but we, we won't, won't go, we won't go there. there. We won't we go, go there. there. Um, I think, it's, it's a, to be honest, it's a dream come true. Um, I don't think... Um, I'd say that the hospital, the, the Coventry hospitality team, can't do enough for us, and you know they're they're amazing, and they 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 make us extremely welcome. Um, we're we that's got a personal benefit to us because we're huge fans, but it also has commercial benefit as well. Because going back to what we said about Louis, um, the, the like the personalization of our business, it's a perfect way for that to manifest itself because we actively want our customers to come and meet us, and 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 that's very powerful for us. Um, and helps with loyalty. Um, so yeah, we've got the box for the second year. I can't really envisage a scenario where we, if until, we could unless we it, get promoted to the Premier League and it's like better for fifty it, but, grand. Um, yeah, so I'll probably have to pass. It's quite it's quite good value for money, really. So we're very we feel very privileged to have that, and um, and and yeah, it's great. And if any and and what I think we said, but we always run competitions anyway but um our subscribers um all a subscriber needs to do is just let us know and um we kind of take we've got a booking system and people can join us and pretty much if you're a subscriber if you want to come and join us in the box you can do and in, um, in terms of the match day experience it's you know something we really like um having had a season ticket in the main i'm going to get called prawn sandwich brigade here by people on twitter but um you know we we enjoy it uh it's nice to just be able to sit you know have a bit of a bit, bit more of a social sat around in a nice warm environment. You got your toilet there; it's easy. You can get drinks easy. Mm. Um, I think what's saying that sitting though, in the la- sitting in the lounge after yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. sitting in the lounge after watching the man of the match. That's a nice benefit. Um, but I completely so we we like the kind of the experience of it all on a on a home match day. But uh, if I if you didn't get away days in with the fans and to experience the atmosphere, then if you didn't if we didn't have that, I wouldn't do it. No, I'm the same. Um, I wouldn't so, I'm the same. It's, so away it's, it's a nice it's a nice balance really to have home games that are like that more sort of corporate atmosphere, but then ha- having the away away games where we're probably in with you know in with the fans, in with the atmosphere. Yeah. Um if it wasn't if it wasn't for that, uh, I wouldn't do it at all, you know. Yeah. yeah nice, nice to mix it up a bit, isn't it? Definitely. Of both sides. Yeah, for sure. And keen to hear your thoughts generally on the on the match day experience. We've we've talked about it quite a lot on our podcast. We feel like 
um this it's improved a lot at the cbs and you know obviously you've got the sky blue tavern and like there's obviously dylan's and it feels like it's a much sort of i don't know i get a lot more excited on home match days now than i used to maybe yeah. it helps that we're, we're better at football than we used to yes. be over the last few years but um but yeah what are your thoughts on on sort of you know what the club have done on match days and obviously dylan's and tavern and everything I think I think I, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's a lot better. It could still be better. And for those of us that go to away games, you, there's some best practice out there, isn't there? Um, um, I actually even some of the smaller clubs actually. I mean, um, Forest Green. Did anyone go to Forest Green? Forest Green have like this kind of like market outside, and Wickham do it to a certain extent as yeah. well. And actually, I'd like to see a bit more going on in the kind of external concourses. I think we could get better at that. Um, but the catch with all of this, of course, is it's not our stadium. So yeah, there's only, so there's, only God, there's only so much we can do while we're tenants in a in a landlord stadium. So I don't think we can beat the club up too much. I think it's. I mean, the atmosphere has been. It's been. Oh, it's, it's, it's been brilliant, 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 doesn't it? It's been brilliant. And, um, I don't think it's biased to say we've got one of the best home atmospheres in the championship when everything's going right. Well, know? we did. We did last year without last a doubt. Season, it was, but it was jumping, wasn't it? And I've not seen the Rico. We've, I've never really felt there's been a decent atmosphere at the Rico. Again, that's harking back to Highfield Road. Um, last year, that wasn't the case. Last year, it was bouncing. And I just that's why we need to get some wins quickly, isn't it? So we can get it back. So there's we just keep that kind of forward momentum. Keep the momentum. But I wouldn't that's, be, that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah, be, we just, the momentum stalled. Yeah, I wouldn't be critical. And then the other thing, I mean, we 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 absolutely idolise Pat and the team in the um family zone and the work the work they do i mean they're just they're just you know for those of us that have got children Mm. you can't you can't thank them enough that's improving year on year oh they're fantastic absolutely fantastic so i I think that's from a match day experience point of view for for the younger fans and getting the new generation and i think that's that's the best bit of it all really but um Mm. as you touched on tom the tavern um we haven't actually been to dylan's because obviously we live 200 miles away so um 100 miles well yeah 200 mile round trip trip, sorry um so we we don't often get to go and you know have a drink before the game, but we've been in the tavern a couple of times. Oh, um, that's good. And I tell you what, the food is the oh, food is seriously good. up there. I, I really really enjoyed it. Um, but it's just nice to have a such a nice atmosphere, you know, dedicated to the football club. Because if it was if if you had that food in a in a normal bar, you'd, you'd be buzzing with it. But the fact that it's cov themed, you know, it's just and you've got like the oggies or okra fries or whatever on the menu it's, it's great isn't it and all yeah, the booze yeah. and everything so no the, the the two times we've been been really really impressed especially yeah. with the food i think the food's yeah. unbelievable if you haven't yeah. been i mean for those that haven't been you must go yeah. it's really and, good it, and if you go uh on the bar there's there's surprise shirts leaflets so if you if you want an exclusive discount code uh, <laughs> then you can you can find that on the bar <laughs> get a plug in get, get, i'll just uh, i'll just drop that in <laughs> Yeah, it's it's class, though, isn't it? I've, I've had times where I've sat in there and I've like, had a little moment looking around. And I've thought to myself yeah. and said to my mates, yeah. I've been like, when you actually think about this, like yeah. we'd yeah. said a few years, if someone said to you a few years ago, we're going to build like a cov themed bar, you'd have been yeah. like, that will never happen in a million years. And, yeah. like, and, and, and fair play, them, fair play to them for getting it all fully endorsed and you know, yeah, the club the club. Been, that's that's good. good. That's really good. It's a good, good partnership, I think. But the, yeah, the other thing is as well, it could be. Let's be part of my language. It could easily be shit, couldn't it? You could you could see a Coventry merchandised. A bar that is purely done and it would just be awful but it just isn't it's excellent it really is yeah i think um, it's a good combination of like obviously dylan's and dal and everyone yeah. like they yeah. they know yeah. how to run a bar and how to get beer and they're the experts in that yeah and then the football club have let them you know use the badge and like not yeah. like say not be half-assed and not be yeah. trying, trying to be a cop it. it's not quite it it's like the perfect sort of marriage really of a, of a bar. So yeah, yeah it's worked. It's worked and, right. and also in terms of, I know what you boys are doing with the events and everything, uh, we haven't had the, the chance to go down to we one. Will, I think it's, do, yeah. it's a perfect space for that sort of thing, you know, an, yeah. e- an evening with 
X, you know, it's, it's perfect for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just really, really glad yeah. we've got that as a fan base now. Very yeah, we're going to be we're going to be doing sort of yeah uh, fans forums after each game. Yeah, we obviously yeah. we launched one a couple of weeks ago yeah, on a yeah, Thursday yeah. night uh, where we just got a few people down. It was great. Everyone was, as you can imagine, chucking their opinion in, which is great. It's yeah, what we love. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what we want it to be is where you know because everyone loves chatting about the game. You're, obviously, everyone knows from like driving home, listening to the phone, and we want that sort of that sort of opinion, but like live just in, without in, the like, dross on the phone. Yeah. In. Exactly. Yeah. Without. <laughs> yeah. Without the dross. Without the, without the Robin's alcohols. <laughs> yeah. But no, we want everyone to like come down, have get a beer, get a curry, and just sort of get stuck into yeah, chatting yeah. about the game. You know, we'll we'll, we'll 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 certainly get down at yeah, some point. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, going on to the football side of things. Um, what have you made of the last five years under Sir Mark Robbins? Louis, because Louis, um, Louis known nothing but this ascent. Well, yeah, going, going um, home and away every game for us two, that's been since 2017-18. So, I mean, there is really no better time to have started that in terms of the ascendancy. No. Um, if you'd asked me two months ago, absolutely faultless, amazing, yeah. Obviously, but obviously overshadowed by Birmingham, but we came out on the other side of that. And you know, actually, yeah. some, some of the we made some good memories at St Andrews, and we threw mm. all the adversity and yeah. you know yeah. the yeah. crap that it was. Um, but it just feels like through through fault of the club or not, we we could debate that for ages. It just feels like the last last month things have been been tainted a little bit. But I mm. I do I do believe we can get just sort of ride that storm a little bit and carry on the trajectory we we were on because. We've got the right man in charge. Yeah. I don't think there is. A, I, I fear for the day he leaves this football club oh, yeah, because and me. And me. who the hell do we replace him with? You know, um, I just think with with Robbins and AD, uh, and I think Body to an extent because I think he has done a good job in terms mm. of connecting the fans back with the club. Um, I think we are on the right track. So you know, just got to get over this hurdle really that we're in, we're in at the moment. The the first blip in five years, five years it feels like. I think I think the thing that I would add to that, the thing that I think he's done, if we look back on those five years, Louis and I will often kind of like joke at Louis is that us being a bit older, we know we've had some really really <coughs> tough lean years, and I always use the adage of why did Ferguson's United always score in the last minute in injury time? It's because it's because the players believed and the stadium believed that they could. But for Coventry, for years, we were always glasses half empty. And in those, if it was a, if we were winning 2-1 or it was one all with a minute to go, we all believed that we might concede. Um, and that kind of negativity transcends onto the pitch. And what and to turn that round from glass half full to glass uh, to glass half empty to glass half full is his biggest achievement in many ways because we now believe you know and you look last year how many times we scored late is he has created a, a fan base and a club and a team that believes that they can win if we go 2-0 down when we went 2-0 down against Norwich even though in truth we were getting battered I still thought if we scored we could get if back we pull one, you know you, you've always um, got that feeling of oh if we yeah. just get one we, we yeah. could do it yeah because we did we did so last season on so many occasions we just did the unthinkable and you know, every every cough bone in your body's going, oh, it's over, it's over. But every single time that that was a question, we answered, you know. We did. So I, I think he's been amazing. He's, he's, I mean, obviously up there with Jimmy Hill and um, George and John, maybe surpassed George and John now, I think, in truth, if we look at it in terms of longevity. Um, if he can make that, if he can make that final step, he'll probably go down as the greatest manager we've ever had. Um, and let's hope he gets the opportunity to do that. Yeah, 100%. We echo that more than anybody. Um, 
Another question. What do you think of Sisu and how they're running the club? There's a can of worms. Um, the beer all night. You want to go? <laughs> I, I'm going to sit. I'm going to be very boring and sit on the fence, but I just think it could be so, so much better, but it also could be so, so much worse. And I think in terms of people talking about, oh, get them out, get new people in, it's, that, that's okay. That's okay as an argument to make. But I just do worry that because there are some right crooks about it. You can get it right. You look at the owners at Leicester. I know things aren't brilliant there, like right in this current moment, yeah. but they've done it the right way. They've built sustainably. They've, you know, they've got a new training facility in place that's state of the art. They've established themselves in the Premier League. And that's probably not great to hear for Co fans because it's Leicester, but there's a right way to do things. And I think ultimately running the club self-sustainably, if you can buy into that and accept it, is is a positive way to do things. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily the the best way to do things. Um, but again, you know, people say chuck a load of money in and in inject money here here and there. But you look at half the half of the financial situations of teams in the championship, you've got teams like Stoke losing, I'm, I'm going to pick a number out of the air, but they're losing millions, you know, just, just losing unsustainable amounts of money. And look at Derby, it does come back to bite you. So like I said, sitting on the fence, it could be, could be so much better, uh, especially in terms of clarity. I know they did that statement the other week, but... We need, we do need more of that going forward, and I think Body did a lot to help that. But um, it's better, better than it has been in the past. But it also could be better going forwards. Um, so I guess my statement would sort of be, it could be so much better, but it also could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, do you want me to go, yeah, or is that on. enough? Do I mean, I, just quickly, I start shocking to start, absolutely shocking. Um, then they, it, it felt like they just let people who knew what they were doing get on with it. So this last five years, they've appointed the best possible manager they could do and they've obviously just let him get on with it. So I, I have, they have gone up in my estimation, but we've, boy, we've still got some bruises that haven't healed. The bit that I'm really surprised at actually is because they do seem to have got a lot right in recent times. I'm really worried about what's happened the last couple of months because the one criticism I would have at the club is they're quite defensive if there's any criticism about, in effect, what they would say is this pitch issue is not of their making, blah, 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 blah. I think that's absolute nonsense. I think it completely is of our making. And I think we've become a bit reactive and we're not proactive enough. And we, we have not foreseen problems before they've become problems. Um, and I, I think, I don't know what's gone on, but they do seem to have taken their eye off the ball the last couple of months. The problem they've got with that is, is those wounds will open very, very quickly. Um, and that's why this phase we're in now is actually really, really important. Yeah. Um, at the match at Norwich, the fans were amazing. Um, but there was just a few, a little bit of inklings of, murmuring and that will that will become like a tsunami if they're not careful and if they don't know that they better learn that quick because um and this comes back to the manager because if they let if sizu allow the best manager we've had in my living memory to go or they are they do not know what's coming down the track because the fans are going to absolutely be apoplectic so um i hope they're i hope they're heeding that and that they can get things back on track. I think the problem, the big problem we all have is we don't really understand what they what their end game is. They won't tell you that. I mean, obviously the issue with the stadium is they're treating us for fools because they're never going to build another stadium. So they might as well just be honest with us. They're playing poker with people who can see half their cards. Um, so I feel a bit patronised as a fan that they say they're going to build at University of Warwick. They're clearly never going to do that. 
Um, I just wish they can't tell us everything because, the, and I'm sure there is a strategy, but it'd just be like to it'd just be really good to know. It kind of feels now that they probably want to sell or that they're going to need to get additional investment to make the, to get the funding in place if the stadium ever becomes available. But I just, maybe it's a bit naive, but I'd just like a little bit more clarity on that because it just feels we're going in limbo a little bit. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much fair, if I'm being honest. I think the last couple of months have been a bit rocky. Certainly um, been the wor- worst couple of months out of the last mm, five years, haven't Yeah, they? without a doubt. Yeah, they have. Um, but let's hope um, we can get a result Saturday. And, yeah. start. you know, I think results on the pitch will help that situation as well. Yeah. If we start, if we start winning a few games, then... Of course they do. That's, when it's, that's the business, isn't it? It's yeah. The the fact, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the longer we sustain becoming a championship club, yeah. And financially, you know, start to compete a bit more. That's only going to help, isn't it? That's just got. That's just got to be what we have to do. You know, as much as I'd love to improve on last year's finish, as much as I'd love to challenge, we've just got to be realistic and say we stay in the division. That's fine. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Just hopefully most of the fans see your way of thinking because yeah. if yeah. they do, then we wouldn't hear most of the trust that comes out after games when we lose. Yeah. But yeah, uh, moving on. Um, what do you think of wasps? <laughs> and the stadium situation. Um, can I go first? Oh, yes. Go on. I can't, you know, this is me being on the soapbox. I can't, I can't understand in my thinking about, we've been talking about business. So I kind of put myself yeah, yeah. in the, I, I put myself in the position to say, okay, what would I do if I was the commercial director of Wasps? And if I was the commercial director of Wasps, I would be worried. Resigning. Because they... They now, and it's interesting, they obviously don't, they know this, they have alienated the people of this city beyond a point I think that they could ever retrieve it. And what they wanted to do, there might be people disagree with me, but I feel this quite strongly, really. What they wanted to do when they moved into Coventry was they saw an opportunity to grow a fan base and not through entirely their own fault, but ultimately they have a, they, you know, they, they have been at fault and particularly this pitch issue is not helping them at all is I can't really see, I can't, there was in the early days, there were people when they first came that said that they would support both Wasps and Coventry. I don't think those things are, um compatible with each other right. now i think i i would find it quite you odd if you're a was i think if you're yeah. a was fan i don't think you are a coventry fan because i think was are being detrimental to coventry and therefore i can't see how they can longer term have a future in our city um i don't i don't see how they can do that um i don't think even giving free tickets away is going to work now the stadium thing is you can tell i'm getting annoyed about it i'm sick of it i'm absolutely sick and tired of years and years and years of of um of of the um the hurt and the pain and the disruption it's caused um first time around when we went to northampton i didn't go because i wanted to protest and then when we went to birmingham i did go because i came to the view that it it wasn't it wasn't something i could control and actually i might if you're not careful you'll never see your club you know and, and so we look and back I'm, on the I'm days getting older. where we had wilson and well wilson we missed and out on that and never saw missed it that, yeah know? we missed out on that so I'd, I'd, i've come to the conclusion that i'll support them wherever because it's my club and as i get older you never know how many you know how many more seasons you are going to support them but um it's just got to get sorted and it's depressing because i can't really see i can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel really um, but yeah, I'm interesting. I'd be it'd be really good to have a conversation actually with the commercial team at Wasps as to what strategy they've got to try and um, um, to try and solve that problem. I do have a view that if you see yourself as a kind of um, if you see yourself as a franchise that's willing to move, if you've done it once, twice, how many times have they done it? Three times. 
actually, if you've got to the point that you've alienated your fan base to such an extent, um, then you might do it again. So I actually, part of me thinks they might move again um, to somewhere else. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's it's just really depressing, isn't it? Really depressing. Maybe to a stadium with yellow seats. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that would that be... That makes sense, wouldn't it? That would be good. It is, it is yeah. depressing when we get... Because obviously, we sit in the West Ham now. Um, <laughs> yeah. so you, you look out. Every, when you're in the box and we get in, early, get in early, yeah. and there's no, nobody in the East stand, because yeah. usually we pack it, thankfully. Um, yeah. And I have to look at those, those five letters. It is quite depressing. It is. Um, I just think a lot of our... We were talking about the match day experience and our experience in the box, and a lot of the downfall and the problems, you know, we're talking about improving the match day experience. I think a lot of it is limited by not owning your own stadium. It is just, it, is. It, it brings so many problems and so many issues that, you know. You've got Kov, it. I mean, Kov, Kov can, like we said, be more proactive, I think. But it's, at the yeah. end of the day, we are dealt a really crap hand. But that's that's the situation yeah. we're in. In, you know? in. in terms of the food and beverage experience and the conferencing experience, this is where I, I am sympathetic to the club because ultimately we are. So was subcontract out the contract for hospital for food and beverage. Um, and so we are tenants trying to negotiate and improve performance with a subcontractor that reports to a landlord. You know, we as tenants have got no control over that at all. It's almost impossible. You can't blame the club. Um, and at occasion, you know, I am positive about the experience, but on occasions it's completely useless. Um, but it's not because of the club, actually. It's because it's because of the the um you're going through a third party you're going through a third party you've got untrained staff and, and anyway but but um it's really difficult and you know it's it is it's it's really frustrating and i do hope one day we do well it's got the thing is it's got to be that stadium that is our you know the, yeah. the walk the, the rallying cry for me is that stadium was built for us it is a football stadium for Coventry City and Coventry City should be playing in it. And if they're not playing in it, it's an absolute travesty of justice. And the planners in Coventry are never going to build another stadium. We don't need another stadium in Coventry. We've got a stadium right by the M6. It's perfect. That's our stadium. So I just hope one day, one day we do get to own it again. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. As we said, been a slow start to the season. Um, bit, bit of a rough patch, which, you know, maybe we do a bit of a bit of a rough patch after such a good sort of few years. But what what are your sort of hopes now then for the season? Obviously, have you sort of reset your expectations a little bit? Where where would you like to see us? How you know what at the end of the season? What would be deemed a successful season from here? I think I think expectations have definitely been grounded. Maybe we were getting a bit carried away because last year we did. Ultimately, if you look back, we probably punched above our weight, even though we finished below where we were for a lot of the season. It was you know a lot of late goals, a lot of things went our way in terms of in that regard. Um, I, I, I kind of I kind of said it earlier, really. I think ultimately staying up in the championship, it's, it's not the trajectory we want to be on because obviously we want to improve league position year on year. But if you look at Luton, for example, who you might think uh, they've achieved a lot, they're probably an established championship side now. You might say they're one year ahead of us on the trajectory. They had a season under, I think it was under Nathan Jones, I don't like him, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, where they they regressed and they finished below that they did the, the year after uh, the year before, and then the year after bounced Kicked back and again, finished yeah. above. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, you know, staying in this division for as long as we can to become truly established is is key, uh, and is what we need to do. So, if we have to for the long term growth of the club, except that this year might not be as good as last year. Uh, ultimately, we're still in a league. I love watching. Anybody can beat anybody. You're still going to get 
two or three amazing away days, you know, like we had last year with Fulham, um, amongst others, you know, if we have to accept that for now, I'm happy to accept that. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think we need to panic yet. I'm, um, I, I'll probably be a bit worried if it continues for the next month or so. Yes, it is, it is early at, days. We've got 41 games. Yeah. We? If you look at the games, we were certainly good for a point, maybe the better team against Sunderland. We were absolutely the better team against Millwall. We were probably, we would have beat Hull if we hadn't made stupid mistakes. Um, we lost a game to Preston that was a nip and tuck game that was going to be 1-0 and it could easily have been 1-0 to us. It was nothing in that game. Um, if you get a bit of luck and breaks, that could go for us. And the only game really where we've been given a bit of a tank in is, is Norwich. Um, and but but that, And that Bristol just, in the cup, I'm not really worried about that. None of them, um, so, and actually, as I think you alluded earlier, Tom, if we'd have won, and I said it going to Carrow Road, if we'd won three of our first four games and we were driving to Norwich, we'd have still said this is going to be difficult today and we're probably going to lose. Yeah. So nothing's changed. That's going to be one of the hardest away games we play, isn't it, in reality? Well, they, they could well um, win the league, couldn't they? Because they, they, of the nonsense with the parachute, they probably, they probably yeah. will, won't they? They've got, you know, they've got better players than us. That's no crime. So I'm not, I think with a little bit of a rub of a green, what do we want to happen? We want, we want it to go in off, we want a dodgy penalty or we want, we want, somebody wants to own hit goal it. Off arse, a, a, own it? goal off someone's arse or God, it's his knee. You know, we, that's all we need really. We just need to scrape. Scrape a one nil. We just need to scrape a win. Stop the rot. Even if it's lucky, stop the rot. We have got good, the players, Yes, we haven't strengthened the way that we wanted. We're, we're but probably weaker than we were, is, but we're only, well, we're only two players weaker and we've, not. we've, Arguably, people, people Palmer's dividing opinion, but I think ultimately he brings more quality on the ball yeah, in the final he third does. than we've had before. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, Panzo and Doyle both, although we've lost a centre half, arguably our best centre half in Iron, Panzo and Doyle both look capable. Uh, you know, Doyle's exciting. He's young and he's going to make mistakes, but he's exciting. He can bring the ball out. He can pick a pass. Uh, and Panzo's just looked solid when he's played. So we we haven't got a bad side, you know. We're not we're not a million miles away from the side that that did so well last year, you know. So it's only a couple of players. So ultimately, things have you know gone against us, and it's been a bad run of form and results. But we're only we're only a, a result away from turning that around, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we just need need a win out of somewhere, however it however it happens. And then I'm yeah. I'm pretty confident that we've got the characters in that dressing room. We've got yeah, Mark Robbins, AD, etc. I fully believe that we'll we'll pull it back together. Well, hopefully when this goes out, anyway, uh, we'll have we'll have won a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but um, but yeah, I think that's that's all we've got time for this evening. Uh, Robin Louis, cheers for coming on. Really, really appreciate you giving up some of your time. I've certainly enjoyed um, learning more about surprise shirts. I think you've got. A, brilliant business and obviously all right behind you and, and wish you the best of luck with that but yeah thanks for your thanks for your time no thank, thank thanks you so thanks guys you take care keep keep, keep doing good things do. yeah and listeners do make sure you're following surprise shirts across their social channels and as the lads mentioned do look out for their brilliant competitions as well that they do quite regularly um also as i mentioned earlier in the pod we are doing the fans forums after every home saturday game um, so do make sure you get along to those those forums after the matches at the Sky Blue Tavern. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation online, then all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.